To interesting recipes, every page has a brief history and a photo of the person. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and Much crack and pound cake. Sarah's mother died by giving birth to her. Her bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop him black gang candy stripes. Look at him loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good morning and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our region who produce, prepare, and preserve our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She comes from Madisonville, Tennessee, and man, is she ever popular now. I saw the other day where she's going to open for Loretta Lynn. So, how about that? Today, our subject is staghorn sumac. This is not the poisonous sumac. This is an edible type of sumac, but if you don't have the sense to figure out which is which, don't mess with it, okay? This is an indigenous plant that grows all over the place, and it can be used in all kinds of dishes. I've posted on Facebook and the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, images of the edible staghorn sumac and an image of the poisonous kind of sumac. We have a guest, Darren Nordahl. He has written the book entitled Eating Appalachia, and he has a whole section on staghorn sumac. So we're going to hear from Darren today. And Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville News Sentinel, has a real heartwarming recipe for Vietnamese beef stew. Thank you so much for being our guest, and let's get to it. Well, you know, something I was so excited to see in your book was sumac. Because Yeah, I, everyone I, says that, and for me it was just kind of a... Uh, you know, I found it fascinating, but I thought because, uh, I don't know, because everyone thinks of it as a weed, I guess, outside of your region that I didn't think anyone was really going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sumac, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but but the more people I talk to, it's just like, oh, it's just great that you see that you use sumac. And it's yeah. like, well, I mean, only you guys have really developed such an, uh, an appreciation for sumac as well you should. Well, so the, the primary, the one that I was – told the one that said it's 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 an it's an Appalachian tradition I mean it, it is it is part and parcel of, of your food heritage your food ways was a uh, sumac aid and uh, and that's basically you, you take the berries when they're ripe and I, I think if I understand correctly uh, in eastern Tennessee it's probably going to be late summer or late late August early September maybe along those lines and uh, and you don't want them after a rain because apparently the rain washes off a lot of the flavor. And so you want to pick them after, if it has rained recently, wait a couple of days. Uh, and then the plant will, as it's continuing to grow, will restore some of its flavor. 
but uh, it's a very refreshing substitute for lemonade, and and I like it better because it's lemons aren't. I mean, I love lemonade, but lemons aren't native to the United States, and there's there's a season to them. And if you have a dried sumac berries, fresh or better, but I mean, you could you could make sumac aid uh, almost any time. But uh, it has a very tart quality to it, uh, not because of citric acid, which is in the uh, lemons, but in, in malic acid, kind of like what you'd find in. Uh, like apples, like like an unripe apple or like a Granny Smith or something like that, that, that malic acid. So it's got a nice tartness to it with a hint of just a, just a, a, a fleck of pepper that I kind of get on, on the back end, which makes it very intriguing. But it's really simple. You know, basically you take these these torches is what they're kind of colloquial called, these, these, these spires of these brilliant red tiny, tiny berries. And uh, just give them a real quick rinse uh, if you need to. But again, don't rinse them too much because the, the flavor and the color washes away pretty easily. Uh, and then you just soak them in a, uh, in a pitcher of water for a couple of hours. And it turns the most incredible shade of pink uh, or magenta. It's, it's like it's better than pink lemonade because it doesn't use artificial colors. <laughs> it's yeah. the natural color of the sumac berries. Yeah. And so it's great paired with like a slice of kiwi. Or a slice of lime because you get that you get that brilliant almost neon green against this beautiful pink color and so it's just it's just fascinating and then you you'll uh, you'll get like a little bit of hairy stems uh, some hairs and some stems as you soak it so just so just filter when you're done soaking your uh, berries pull out the uh, torches and then just filter it through a cheesecloth uh, into another pitcher or something like that and it's good to go but um, sumac because it does have that zing to it that that sort of tart kick to it i use it in a lot of recipes where you might want uh to use uh, lemon like the other day i was making a pasta dish with cream and i didn't have any fresh lemons on hand so the thought was well i can run down to uh to the store and buy uh, a lemon that is not in season and uh from from thousands of miles away and then come back and uh and use it in my recipe or i happen to have uh, sumac berries here and what I do is I just put them in a spice mill, and I grind it, and then you sprinkle it with uh, like you would pepper. And what's great about it is, so it takes an ordinarily bland or neutral-looking cream dish, you know, that's white or beige, and it gives it this great pop of of uh, crimson red. Mm. Uh, but then it also lends the uh, tartness that you wanted in that cream dish because of its uh, its natural flavor. So I use uh, I use it like a spice. Um, any any spice where you could use a welcome kick of um, think citrus, even though it's not citric acid, just a, a welcome kick of tartness. Uh, and you, or maybe you want to give it a little bit of color too. Yeah. Go for sumac. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on East Tennessee Zone WDBX. You can always check out our podcast at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Listen anytime. And you have been listening to an interview with Darren Nordahl. He is the author of a book entitled Eating Appalachia. It's full of recipes of the indigenous plants and animals that we have in our area. So hope you enjoyed that interview. Darren Nordahl. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is provided in part by Ellie's Home, providing fine flowers for home and garden, seasonal staging, and floral decor. You can always tell Ellie's Home. More information at elliesfloral.com.
Elliesfloral.com. That is spelled E-L-L-I-E-S floral.com. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown Knoxville, just one block off of North Broadway on North Central Street. With a complete line of sweet treats for your upcoming Valentine, custom wedding cakes, pies, celebration cakes, cookies, cupcakes, cheesecakes, and homemade oatmeal cream pies. More information at magpiescakes.com and they're physically located at 846 North Central Street, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37917. Magpies Cakes, all butter, all the time. I'd like to let you know about a fundraiser coming up to benefit the CAC Beardsley Community Farm in Knoxville. The event is called Snow Day. It's Friday, January 22nd at 7 p.m. at Barley's Tap Room. This is Beardsley Farm's largest fundraiser and more information at beardsleyfarm.org. Here's some information that might be really helpful if you've got a horse-loving child Blount County is putting on a fundraiser to raise money for the 4-H horse program. So we're going to hear from Jessica Waters, who is a 4-H extension agent in Blount County. We're going to let Jessica describe what this event is. Our 4-H horse program is self-supporting, so we are having a fundraiser, a 4-H chili supper and auction on February 6th. Good. What kind of stuff does the horse program do? We um, do educational contests with the youth uh -huh. and you'll study, for example, how many bones are in a horse or the parts of the digestive system or, you know, learning the different styles of riding. So we have that and we do it in a test, a test form or a quiz ball form. Mm -hmm. And then in the spring, we do horse judging. So you learn how to pick out the best horse. And in the summertime, we have horse shows. And um, you can participate if you have a horse, and you can also participate if you don't have a horse. So that's really a fantastic part of the program. Absolutely. Now, is there a cost for people to be involved? There are fees associated with the shows, and that covers ribbons and judges, but the program itself is free. Oh, good. How do people get involved? contact your county extension office. Okay, and what is your phone number here in Blount County? Our phone number here at the Blount County Extension Office is 982-6430. Okay, and now is this just a county-specific fundraiser that you're doing? It is. This okay. is for our Blount County 4-H horse program. Mm -hmm. um, it will be held at Rio Central Church in mm -hmm. the gymnasium and that's 370 South Long Hollow Road. If you're interested in coming, we'd love to have you. It's family friendly, so everyone's welcome. $5 a donation will cover your supper, which will be chili or soup, and it's homemade, so it's gonna be delicious. Um, toppings, a dessert, and a drink. And then after that, we'll have a fun auction with a fancy auctioneer, February 6th, 6 p.m. Okay, sounds good. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Say hey, good luck. 
And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. I raised my two boys on an 80-acre farm where we cared for 20 head of cattle. For 20 years, I had all the grass-fed beef in the freezer that I ever needed. And we traded a neighbor beef for pork. So I was blessed with homemade sausage, thick-cut pork chops, and pork tenderloin, too. And I'm ashamed to admit this, but I never appreciated what a blessing it was to have that in my freezer. That is, until the farm had to be sold and I began purchasing my meat at the grocery store. Not only did it hurt my pocketbook, but I also noticed a flavor change. The only way I know to describe it is to say that there was a richness to the meat that was raised on the farm that simply wasn't there in the beef that I purchased. Today we're blessed to have a number of local and regional farms offering their meat products, including Jim Farm, Mitchell's Beef, Century Harvest Farms, and Colvin Family Farms. And if you're not able to make it to the farmer's market, Three Rivers Market on Central Avenue offers local grass-fed beef. I recently purchased pasture-raised beef, which I chopped into stew meat. I needed it for a Vietnamese beef stew recipe that caught my eye on the tasting table website. That broth offers a powerful punch with the addition of cinnamon sticks and star anise. But what completed that dish was the use of the local meat. But my words won't convince you of that. Eating it will. Here's the Vietnamese beef stew recipe. I urge you to give it a try. The ingredients are two tablespoons of unsalted butter, two pounds of beef chuck cut into one-inch cubes, two yellow onions thinly sliced, one jalapeno stemmed and sliced into rounds, four whole star anise, two cinnamon sticks, one half cup brown sugar, one fourth cup fish sauce, three cups low sodium beef stock, preferably homemade or at least organic, four medium carrots cut into one inch pieces, salt to taste. I also added a package of shiitake mushrooms. To prepare it, you heat the butter in a large Dutch oven over medium-high heat. Brown the beef on all sides about 15 minutes, working in batches if you need to. Add the onions and cook until softened, making sure to stir to prevent burning, about 8 minutes. Add the jalapeno, star anise, and cinnamon to the pan and cook, stirring, until fragrant, about 2 minutes. And I mean fragrant. That will hit your nose. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. You add the sugar and cook, stirring until dissolved. Then you add the fish sauce and cook, stirring and scraping those little bits of uh, burnt pieces on the bottom of the pan. And you do that for about a minute. Then you pour in the beef stock and you bring it all to a boil. And let me tell you, your house is going to smell so good. Reduce the heat to medium-low and let that simmer covered until the beef is tender, about an hour, hour and ten minutes, something like that. Add the carrots and mushrooms if you plan to use them. Cook uncovered until the carrots are tender, about ten minutes. Add salt if you need a little, and then dish it into four to six servings, depending on how much you want. This stew is fabulous. And this is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table.
If you've just joined us, you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table radio show and podcast. Broadcasting on the radio waves every Saturday morning from Knoxville, Tennessee at 89.9 FM and streamed live at WDVX.com. You can always listen to this show on your schedule at TennesseeFarmTable.com or check out our podcast. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you by listeners just like yourselves. We want to say thank you so much for your support of this type of community broadcasting. And if you haven't done so or if you feel so inclined, you can make a tax-deductible donation at any time at WDVX.com. Thank you so much. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here at 9 o'clock at WDVX.com or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.